Welcome to Dead House. I'm Dylan. I am Nathan. How are you, good sir? I'm well. I'm You're well. well? Yes, we just had Mother's Day. That's true. Yep. How was your weekend? Uh, How's was, your mother? <laughs> my mother's doing okay. Yeah, we, we went around and saw her. She's doing a lot of woodworking mm. and such. She yeah. has taken recently to getting old like vintage sewing machines mm. and just not even restoring them because they don't work, yeah. but turning them into like tables. Yeah. And they look very cool. She started working with resin. For those who don't know, Nathan's mother is very talented. She um, can turn a, a lump of timber into <laughs> like an antique looking piece of furniture it's very nice we had a bench i think at an old house was that that was her wasn't it yeah it's that currently, bench. currently yeah. downstairs here used to read at yeah. that in the sun in the backyard all the time she made the uh video game what was it cabinet arcade? oh was yeah that the, thing the retro arcade machine behind us yeah, yeah very cool and um alex was just telling me you guys did an escape room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with uh what was it yeah, it was an hour to get out. It was like a, a witch and wizard themed thing. Yeah, they they all they all like every escape room has like an hour limit. Yeah, but this one I think took us like twenty four minutes. Yeah, twenty four minutes, <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, no, nah, look, it was alright. It was okay. It was alright. It was a bit of an easy one, and when you have, I think we had six people. Yeah, well, that's true. See, yeah. I think the in escape rooms, the more people is almost like detrimental because people like get in your way, or it's mm. more more people you need to like share the clues with, and it just chews up time and. Well, it depends who the people are, and it also depends on the scenario, mm. how many drinks you've had. Yeah. I wasn't that much help in this one. I took, okay. a, bit of, took a bit of backseat. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we got out. That's the main thing. I saw a friend's band play, shout out to uh, Shokan, and went for what was probably one of my first proper <laughs> clubbing experiences afterwards. At the ripe old age of 25. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I've been to clubs before and had drinks with friends, but this was, like, proper dancing. Like, when I, I was on, like, the floor dancing. Right. I've worked up a sweat till, like, 2 a.m. At a gay bar, might I? At a gay so, bar. So, you know it the was, dancing was good. It was a lot of fun. I, I wasn't expecting it to be that fun. I had a work friend teach me some moves, but... I, you'll be pleased to know, I whipped out the crosshands fun dance. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> this is, for those who don't know, this is like a dance move Nathan <laughs> created years ago. Where? How, how would you describe it? How would you It's in the name. You, the you cross hands fun dance. There's not much to it. <laughs> yeah, see, I was like adding in some like foot kicks and like crossing my legs as well. Is that part of it? Or well, I it just... In my experience, because I only have two dance moves. There's yeah. the cross hands fun dance yeah. and the endless two step. Yeah, true. So you just mix those together. Maybe you throw in a clap, a spin mm. every now and then. All reliable. Yep. Uh, that's, that's pretty much a white guy's dancing. Lots of elbows. Yes, yes. I do recall hitting uh, a few people around me and just kind of like <laughs> awkwardly dancing away, like yeah, shuffling yeah, in yeah. another direction. Um, I suppose we should probably tell the listeners what we're talking about today. So today we are talking about remakes. Yeah, so, a bit, bit of a chat, chit-chat topic. Talking yeah. About talking the shit. Yeah, we're just going to touch on uh, a few that we've sort of selected based on whether we really enjoyed or panned, but it's <laughs> we're not necessarily talking about like the absolute best and worst as regarded by Hollywood. Yeah. Just what we think. Yeah, well, we can't, we can't, we've talked about this before, we can't say what the mm. best is or the worst is because there are people more educated in this world yeah. than us that can say stuff like yeah. that. But we just picked ones that we liked or didn't like because of certain reasons. I'm not a big fan of remakes because, uh, like, whenever I'm at the movies and there's trailers before it plays and everything's either a sequel, mm-hmm. a remake, mm-hmm. 
or it's like something inspired by actual events. I find <laughs> like there's so many films that they run out of creative ideas, so they're just looking at fact. Well, instead they've been of fiction. making movies for eighty odd years now. Yeah, so of course they're out of ideas. Yeah, so I mean, like I'm not like huge in remakes. To be honest, there's not many that like. In in fact, there's very few. I could probably count like on one hand the amount of remakes I thought were even as good as the original. Yeah, well, when when you look at a remake, it's kind of doomed to fail because then they're, they're mm. never going to remake the bad movie yeah that's i don't true. i can't think of any bad movie that they've remade and yeah. so so if they're making a good movie into a new movie mm. you're always going to compare it to the good movie and it almost almost will never live up to its expectations well see that leads me to my next point is do you think remakes are necessary do you think it's just a cash grab i think 80 to 90 percent of the time that's yeah. the case okay but I think there's times where it, it, it is needed mm. or not even needed, but it works out well. Just to like bring it in the modern era? Yeah, that's that's for the most part. Like you, you get some remakes that take the core idea of what the original was about mm. and then just change story elements and but still have the same heart and idea of it and yeah. bring it into a new era for a new audience and can like, I don't know, say something that the original couldn't. Yeah, Better technology as well. And I think also in some cases it seems to be just to remind the world of those films that sometimes <laughs> hey, we still may exist. get forgotten. Yeah. So we've got some cool ones like that will either be coming out soon or they're like in production. Um, most notably, uh, Nosferatu by your man Robert Eggers, mm. which I think you mentioned in the witch episode, but you couldn't remember what the movie was that he was working on. Yeah, I knew he was working on a movie, and then after, like, as soon as that finished, I went and looked it up. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's I, I don't know if it is meant to be, like, a retelling of that same story well, of Nosferatu. I imagine it would be. I think so, because, like, the, because that was from, like, was it the, the 20s? Or was it 40s? Oh, I can't I've got, remember. I've got no idea. It was black and white. It's, yeah, it, and is it silent, or is it just no dialogue? Like, no. is there at least music, or is it completely silent? I thought there was. I thought there was talking. I've not seen it. I've neither have I. It's way yeah, too old. Way okay. too old for anything I would have seen. Because I just remember they relied on a lot of like shadows and expressionism because they had like those limitations. Oh, actually, yeah. Part of me wants to think maybe it was a silent film. Which yeah. Is like like music. And I know I've I've read that Nosferatu is one of the things that like made Robert Eggers want to become a director. So damn. All right. This is I like, like his magnum opus. So I it guess, just took him the ultimate homage. Took him four or five movies to get to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, Which, I mean, um, makes sense. You don't, want to, you don't want to jump in hot with the thing you love. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And also, The Exorcist is getting another go by David Gordon Green, who did the new that's Halloween right. trilogy. Which, so I'm keen for that one. You're keen for that, even though yeah. they Look, know, kind of fucked up <laughs> the Halloween movies? I mean, The Exorcist was in my top five. And, uh, you know, I've not seen the sequels. Um, I feel like a remake, I, I hope they don't do it like to a T I don't want them to do it exactly because like there's just some beauty in the practical effects they had there and also Linda Blair was so convincing um so I, I haven't seen the cast I've only seen that David Gordon Green is signed on for director but I think I think both those films are in very capable hands yeah but I don't know it's it's very messy have, have you your reservations yeah well, Nosferatu is I'm fine with that because because mm. it because it is such an old movie yeah that nobody really knows it. Whereas Exorcist, a lot more recent, like everybody, mm. almost everybody knows The Exorcist. Yeah, and well, so like people are just going to compare it to the original because Nosferatu has already had a remake. 
But I wonder if Robert Eggers' one is going to be black and white like The Lighthouse. I mean, I would assume so. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see either way. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't think there's any remakes that I think are better than the original, except for one, which we could probably both agree on and we'll come back to later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, since we've mentioned this uh, in previous episodes um, and we did a whole episode about it, uh, one of the first... Uh, examples of a bad one that I want to mention <laughs> is Psycho, the 1998 yeah, yeah. version of Psycho, directed by Gus Van Sant. And I think why this disappointed me was well, not well. It disappointed me in the sense that, like, um, you know, I, I, I held Gus Van Sant on a pedestal because of films like Elephant and My Private Idaho and things like that. But then to watch this, and you know, it like a big cast as well, like Vince Vaughn for some reason. <laughs> Um, yeah, as young, Norman Bates. Jul- um, Julianne Moore, isn't it? Julianne Julie Moore. Um, and did you pick up on the the Flea cameo? The Flea? He, he worked at like Sam's, like where Viggo Mortensen's character worked in like no. the, whatever shop that was. It like a clerk there. No. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, so like it had the potential to be really, really good. But what I didn't realize before going into it was it is a shot for shot remake. It's essentially mm-hmm. the same film but in color. Yeah. And that, that I think, obviously, is the reason it's it's irrelevant like what's yeah. the point why did they make it if they're I just know. gonna do it exactly the same yeah like sure, a popular it, criticism sure it was what, what year did it come out 98 98 98 so it was what 30 something years later mm. so you, you bring it to that, an audience. that's almost 40 years later almost 40 so you bring it to an audience but it's already so classic that yeah even the new audience has probably already seen it or know about it well also i was wondering this watching it is so, like, at the start, when they show, like, the skyscrapers, because um, it starts in a similar way, where, mm-hmm. like, on our lunch break, they've slept together. Yeah, because it's shot for shot, um, scene for scene. Yeah, and it even says that it's set in 1998, the year it was released, but n- nothing about it is modernized. Yeah, it's still just the same as the original. And even the costuming is, and like, is like dated. Like you said, even in 1998, they're still eating sandwiches with milk Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. And I think the only thing that made you aware it was the 90s was the inclusion of a Walkman. <laughs> Um, well, and like the cars and stuff that they're driving. Yeah, and they also accounted for inflation. So instead of um, Marion stealing $40,000, it was $400,000 mm. in this one. That's it. Everything else is, yeah, it's the same. It's shot for shot, identical dialogue. Even like the fade transitions, I mm. noticed, which by this day and age, everything was like cut together. Um, it was just a bit, I don't know, it, it, seemed, <laughs> it seemed dated, which... <laughs> Like, I've read that Gus Van Sant has said the, the sole purpose was for money, like, of making that remake, which is... So, it was doomed to fail from the beginning. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're doing something for money, your heart's not going to be mm. it. Which is ironic, because it made about half of its budget at the box office. So... I mean, that's still not good. Definitely But still flop. more than it deserves. And, I mean, the score was adapted by Danny Elfman as well. So, like, it had this massive, like, cast and crew. It's just because it was shot for shot... Um, apart from being like maybe more desensitized, I would say like there was more nudity. Well, there was violence. more nudity. There was a jerk off scene which was unnecessary. Oh, like Norman Bates looking through the peephole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's kind of like they, it was creepy in the in the first one because mm. he was looking through a peephole. Yeah, you don't need to cross that line to actually have him fucking jerking off. Yeah, while watching it. Yeah, like, that's just too far. And, and it kind of it sets him up to be more of a creep and less likable of a character. Yeah, I got that vibe. And I mean, even his like nervous laughter was just so fake. <laughs> it did not pull it off anywhere near as well as, as Anthony Perkins. I don't think anyone could. No, I don't think so either. That's the problem with adapting, not even adapting, remaking such a classic where mm. just everything about it was so good. 
Like, yeah. Nothing is going to be as good. The it, casting isn't going to be as good. I guess on bad, <laughs> bad remakes. On, and On the topic of bad. Yeah. Another one that, that um, I like barely remembered because uh, I remember seeing it when I was younger and then I, I watched bits of it again recently just to refresh my memory was the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street. Another one that is almost... It, it's similar in the in in the same vein as um, Psycho where a lot of the scenes were just lifted directly from the original. Yeah, like, like I noticed the claws you, yeah, like between got, the legs the, and the bath. The, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, because there's the, the claws in the bath but then they cut the scene before she gets pulled under. Yeah. So, it's, you know... It's they took the iconic scene because mm. they thought that was important, and then just got rid of the next bit. Yeah, there's the super iconic scene where she's laying in bed, and there's like the oh the wall, Freddie coming through the wall. Yeah, that was so well done practically in the original by just I can't remember who it was, but some someone was just pressing their face like a latex screen. Yeah, that's right. It's like and a then, hole in the wall, right? Yeah, and to then just change that in the remake to be CGI. Oh, it looks spandex? terrible. Was it? There was like spandex yeah, over like a hole sp- in the like wall. Spandex. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the in the remake it's just CGI and well that looks terrible. Yeah. And it just it's awful. Yeah. There's just definitely a certain charm about those practical effects. And I mean, for such an iconic character, it wasn't even Robert England. Yeah, I don't know. It's Freddy. I guess maybe they wanted to try and get away from that image so yeah. that people wouldn't compare it as much. Yeah. But if they're gonna do that, don't use the same scenes. Mm. Don't don't just remake the first movie. Like, they, the problem with the remake. Yeah, so they had Jackie Earl Haley, who I did not know of mm. um, until I'd, this. I'd only seen him as Rorschach in Watchmen, which he was great in. And mm. even in even in Nightmare, he he does well with what he's given. Like, yeah. I think the character is not written that well. He's not... Yeah. He, cr- he cracks like one joke, I think, in the entire movie. And, and even then, a lot of the quips are like similar to... I a, think they're the worse. Oh, okay. Like, I'm your boyfriend now. He yeah. says that, and that's exactly the same as the first one. Yeah. But also, like, he's... It's definitely darker, because they make him out as, like, a pedophile, as opposed to yeah. just a, well, a straight child well, killer. In the, in the original ones, he was... It was very implied that he was mm. uh, touching kitties. Okay. Um, but he was never, like, flat out said. Right. In the, in this one, it's there's photographs. You don't see yeah. the photographs, but there's photographs, and they just flat out say he's a child molester. Yeah. Which... Yeah. It's unnecessary. Like, leave. You don't need to be like, all right, this man is yeah. a child molester. Just leave it up to, because people saying yes. Because people love Freddy, and then when you make him out to be a child molester, like you just feel dirty watching it. Like you can't enjoy his quips mm. anymore because it's like, oh, you're a terrible person. Yeah, that, that, that's that's problem. They they turn an iconic character into someone who's not likable. Yeah, maybe that was their intent. Maybe they wanted to pull it away from Freddy, and maybe that's why mm. they got rid of Robert England. Like, so the movie's not about Freddy. It's about the characters. Yeah. The problem with that is the characters are terrible. Yeah. Like they're terribly acted, they're terribly written. Nothing memorable. Yeah. The like Not the, only, convincing. the only inclusion I like is how they introduce like the micro sleeps. Yeah, that was as a like good a, way to a side effect of going so long without sleeping is you'll have these little tiny micro sleeps. Yeah. Which then allows Freddy to get them during the day. Yeah. That provides at least a good story element of all right, you you're no longer only safe when you're sleeping. Like, even if you're awake, mm. like, there's a chance you could slip into a micro-sleep and yeah. you could get you, but only for, like, a very short time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess that raises the stakes as well because it's, like, they don't know that they're asleep, so it could either be, like, an eight-hour slumber or it could be, <laughs> like, a few seconds at the wheel or yeah. something. And uh, that movie, too, is just... It suffers from the same thing a lot of the, like, early to late 2000s, like, horror movies do. Mm. It's just... Everything's very dark and like greasy yeah. and grimy and yeah. like 
edgy, but not in a good way. I mean, I guess it is largely set in a boiler room or like the illusions take place in a boiler room where it's going to be steamy and gross and rusted, but... Yeah, but the original one was also like that and it looked way better. To be fair, one thing I did like in this that I can't remember if it was like paying homage to one of the original Nightmare films was when um, the main chick is like running through the hallway and the floorboards become blood and she sinks like waist deep into this thick like crimson liquid while Freddy's chasing her. That was cool. That doesn't ring any bells at all. But that's about the only effect that paid off, I think. Yeah, because a lot of the early kills in this one, just CGI heavy. Mm, I was surprised and shocked. Shocked and appalled. Shocked and appalled. To learn that this was the highest grossing film in that franchise. I mean, is that adjusted for inflation? Well, yeah, this was 2010. What did you say? That was like over 20 years since the last Nightmare film. Not 20. I think I think oh. Freddy vs. Jason might have come oh, out like early 2000s. That's true, sorry. So yeah. It was only like 10 or so years. If you include the crossover, yeah. Well, it's got Freddy in it. It's got yeah. Freddy being Freddy. Yeah. Um, it was also produced by Michael Bay, to be fair. So yeah. it was always going to be blockbuster-esque. Well, he, I guess he's kind of the reason, like one of the big driving forces for a lot of the early to late 2000 horror remakes. Because mm. he is one of the guys who made Platinum Dunes. So okay. I'll say it again because I think I slowed. Platinum like, Dunes. Platinum Dunes. Yeah, the production company didn't didn't they have like two other people as well? But he's like the face of it, I guess. Yeah, they're not important. Known. I don't remember them. Um, yeah, because yeah, they they did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which I've not seen, so I can't comment on that. Yeah, like the 2003 one with is it Jessica Biel? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I thought that wasn't too bad. It was like horrifying. Yeah. So I've heard mixed things about that. He, I think it was that same company because it was him that did the friday the 13th remake requel which we yeah, discussed and i yeah. liked that yeah so yeah so they're, they're, i guess they're the reasons for a lot of the yeah true the remakes to re-emerge in the in the mm. noughts and the tens you just wanted to bring them into like a, i guess a contemporary uh technological environment and just as a result it just kind of like it sacrificed good practical effects, I guess, for like faster editing, mm. more jump scares, more edgier sets. But yeah, I mean, well, they lo- they all lose their charm. Like the original, work. the original Nightmare, that's got yeah. some like hella charm to it. it yeah, it, the it doesn't get campy until later in the movies, but it's still got the tiniest amount of camp in the first one. That's true. Whereas, yeah, the remake is just dark and dreary, and that's almost no redeeming qualities. I also have a bone to pick with him, though, because from what I've read, they never even consulted Wes Craven for the remake. That Not do- even yeah. signed him on as a producer. Well, that doesn't surprise me. So that's disappointing, but um, also it's... We're recording at your place again with the window open. It started raining, so hopefully this isn't too distracting. You say again, but something that confused me last time is yeah. the last episode we recorded is going to come out after this one. Yeah, true. So what we did was we recorded... Episode 9 before episode 8, so we had some more time to watch some films for this one. Yeah. I didn't realize that when, when we were doing it. Because you were like, oh, which one <laughs> Which one do you want to record? And I was like, we'll record this one because of a certain reason. Yeah. Without even thinking that it wasn't the next one to come out. Yeah. So you should have been like... It got hey, confusing. You should have said like, hey, you know that one's not due for another week, right? Yeah. Oh, well, it should be streamlined enough for the for the audience. Yeah, surely. They're um, not going to know <laughs> until now when we addressed it. No, that's right. Um, yeah. And another one, like uh, another uh, remake of an 80s film um, that I did not enjoy at all was the 2019 Child's Play. What were your thoughts on this? Because you watched this for this pod, but we haven't discussed it. Yeah, I watched it last night. 
Yeah. I think. Yeah, okay. last night. I thought it was completely fine. Okay. I don't... I've, I've gone back and looked at, like, researched a little bit about it. Mm. And it's it's maybe a bit more sour about it. Because like you were saying with um, them not consulting Wes Craven yeah. about, you know, the, the movie. Yeah. Uh, Don Mancini, who is the guy who um, created Child's Play, the mm. original Child's Play, and has been an active role in... I think he wrote or produced the first three mm. and then he started directing yeah i was gonna with say seed of chucky i want to say yeah and so he's been an active part of it throughout its entire life he's kind of the driving force of chucky becoming the icon that he is yeah yeah and then when they wanted to remake it because it was it was made by mgm is mm. the studio and they just wanted to remake it because they have the rights and they can yeah and they it's not that they didn't consult him they actively said we're doing this it's our sort of Oh. product to do it with yeah odd. Uh, and they offered him like a an executive producer like credit yeah but didn't okay. want to give him any creative control and he was like well no because yeah like it's his baby you yeah know, pretty much yeah. He's, he's created it yeah wow and then he he still went on to make like the the chucky tv show the child's play oh, TV okay. show. is that in its second or third season now i think it's i've not seen any of I it say but second i've heard good things yeah well it's all, i mean it's i guess through. if it's him then probably got more influence so it yeah, would be yeah he had there he had some missteps throughout the movies yeah a lot of people don't like um i think it was seed of chucky yeah it's fine He's we, very we got a bride in there what's her name tiffany was it bride of chucky was tiffany i'm pretty sure it's played by jennifer tilly i can tell you that okay <laughs> um but yeah see i didn't enjoy the 2019 remake because it's 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 like it's light-hearted and comical like it's not even quippy it's just they straight out like have these scenes that are meant to make the audience laugh. But I just did not because I was like, oh, what are you doing? You're butchering the classic. It's almost geared towards a teenage audience. Yeah. Whereas well, you didn't get that sense from the original. Because in the original, um, what's the kid's name? Andy. Andy. Andy's like five. He, and in this, uh, he's yeah, like uh, 12. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. They, they aged him up. Like he yeah. went from, I think, six to 12. And yeah, I yeah. guess like they did that because the new one focuses more on the technology aspect. Which Definitely we'll, we'll say, it. so the remake... Instead of having Charles Lee Ray die and transfer his soul via voodoo yeah. into a doll. Which is so weird, but it's it's original. <laughs> I think that's the best part about the movie. Yeah. Is is having a serial killer man have his soul trapped in a yeah. in a in a little doll. Mm. And that's the driving force behind almost all the movies where he wants to then get a real body. Yeah, there's motive. There's absolutely there's motive. Yeah. Whereas the new movie, the remake. Instead of that, it's just a disgruntled employee mm. uh, like disconnects a couple of lines of codes, yeah. turns off the safety of an AI doll, and yeah. then that's that's the killer. That's the it's it's not a, it has no motive. Someone set this thing to evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like in this, Chucky is an AI doll with like a smart app on like a phone. Yeah, and you can like see through his eyes like their cameras and. And yeah, it's it's definitely brought like into the modern era, but it's I don't know, like, like you said, it's just he's programmed to be evil. What? No, okay, because I appreciate that they did do that because it is a different movie. Like yeah. they they instead of just remaking the original shot for shot like those mm. other piles of shit, they tried something new and decided to go. All right, let's figure out a new angle, technology. Let's Some go that way. Creative license. It it didn't quite pan out as well as I'd like it to, mm. but at least they tried it. I like the concept. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the concept, uh, and then they do it way better in Megan, because I watched that uh, true. this year. Yeah. Oh, you've seen it. Okay. I, I, I saw that before Child's Play, and okay. so I like 
and maybe that's why I like Megan better, but it, it's a similar movie in that it's it's AI mm. that turns into a killer. Yeah, okay. But it deals with like deeper things and it's mm. like more about the fam like the familial connections and the trauma as done to death as that's been in horror movies. Yeah. Uh it just does everything better. Okay. And like even the AI is more likable. Like in this, I felt sorry for Chucky. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, because he's just like trying to be friends, right? Yeah. In this, he... I, I think he's the victim of that movie. Because mm. he, he's an AI and he does everything he can to be liked by Andy. Yeah. And he, just, he doesn't know. He's an AI. He was born a day ago. Like what? He doesn't know what he's doing is wrong. <laughs> it's kind of creepy that he's like has an imprinting stage, like straight out of the box. Like well, scans you know. the face of whoever's like using him and... Weird. I guess, I, I guess the, maybe that's their way of like creating that driving force of this is yeah. why he's after Andy. Like just overprotective. Yeah. But, but also, no, you make a fair point, which I didn't really make any note of, but he he just wants to make Andy and his friends happy. Because like he sees them watching, I think it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Two. Yeah. And they're like laughing at people getting like murdered. Mm-hmm. So he go grabs, he, he goes into the kitchen and grabs a knife. Yeah. Like threatens to stab someone because he's like, oh, this made them laugh. Yeah, exactly. I just want to make them happy. Bring them joy. That's like when they, they tackle him and rip the knife out of his hand. Mm. The next shot is him like alone in a dark room and he looks so sad. He's yeah. like an AI. And it's like, he Far didn't know what brown. he was doing is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, that was a good plot point. It's also made even more sad and knowing that it's voiced by Mark Hamill. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, because he did Joker for years, right? He did the Joker, Batman animated Luke, Luke Skywalker, yeah. the trickster. You know, he's just... I feel like he was kind of wasted. Like, he did a mm. good job. Yeah. But I feel like he was wasted. And then Aubrey Plaza did, I think, a fine job. Yeah. I think what's, what's better about having Chucky as a doll... See, that's the other thing. Like, in this, it's called Buddy, and it's mm-hmm. not... Good guy, it's what is it, Kazlan or something? Well, it's they're they're buddy dolls, but then Kazlan is like that uh it's like the AI yeah. in the movie. Like it's like an Alexa type thing. Yeah, okay. And in the original it's like the comedy's good guys and it's mm. called a good guy doll. Like it yeah. doesn't have a name. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. each individual one has a name. And then mm. I feel like it was it was very shoehorned in for this to be Chucky. Like he's like, Oh, What's your name? Han Solo. Did you say Chucky? I'm like, no. Why Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, that was like It's just straight shoehorned in just to make it Chucky. Yeah, because in the original, like, Chucky is obviously like a nickname for Charles. Yeah, exactly. So in this, it's, yeah, definitely cringe. Um, yeah. Do you know where Charles Lee Ray got his name? Well, I was hoping it was a play on Ray Charles. <laughs> no. Except he's not blind or black or a musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's not of those. Uh... Lee would like this. It's based on Charles Manson, yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald, and oh, I can't remember the other one. Ray something. That's something cool. Ray. So it takes like, an- serial killer names. Yeah, another like serial killer. That's cool. I did not know that. I should have picked up on that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, but yeah, like in the original, because he is like shadowing a shaman or something and like learning this voodooism. Um, I don't know if he's shadowing him, but he has a shaman friend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To like transcend in the afterlife or whatever. Like... Every time he gets shot or, like, stabbed or kicked or burnt, like, in the original, it hurts because he's, like, slowly becoming the doll. Yeah, and there's, like, stakes in that as well. Like, yeah. okay, he, this doll can die and you it's a, the, a human soul dying. Yeah, Whereas exactly. this is a robot. Yeah, like... like um, okay. And they had multiple dolls as well to show, like, the progression, like, the human evolution in, like, the facial lines and expressions yeah, and yeah. looking just more terrifying. Yeah, because in the, in the first movie, as the movie goes on, he gets, like... 
a more pale looking sickly yeah. face. He gets like a receding hairline. Yeah, yeah. It starts to look more like the guy who played um, Charles Lee Ray. Uh, Brad Dourif? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Also... Award-winning Brad Dourif. Also, why? Like, it might be to make him more likable or like empathize with him, but why was Andy in the remake um, like hearing impaired? Why did he have a hearing aid? It does not serve the story at any point from memory. Yeah, I don't know if they just wanted to include that. I mean, it's fine. Have a bit of inclusion. Mm. Maybe that. Maybe that's what diversity is. Just including people with disabilities or anything like that. Yeah. Just because. Yeah, that maybe. That doesn't need to have a story reason. True. But also, uh, one thing I will say, it was pretty cool at first. Like, the death scene of the, the mum's, like, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when you find out he's married. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, falls off a ladder, like, snaps his snaps legs, legs out of the skin. Sideways. Then his, like, head gets caught in a mulcher or what is it? Like, an old school, like, lawnmower or something. Yeah. And then just gets stabbed, like, 13 times in the chest by the doll. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then Andy wakes up in his bedroom the next morning to find <laughs> his, like, scun face on a watermelon on his dresser. Yep. That was cool, but everything after that was fucking awful. Yeah, where that- like the the friends come over and they've got to dispose of it. Oh, yeah, I hated those friends. They yeah. they were terrible characters, and they look like they sound like they're out of a I don't know a shitty comedy movie. Yeah, which is not not meant to be. They gift wrap it <clears throat> and give it to a woman down the hall who happens to be like the mother of a cop, yeah. <laughs> like the detective. The well, main they, detective. they they only give it to her because they've been like caught in the act. And they have to come up with a lie and say it's for her. Yeah. Um, also, like. In terms of like modernizing it, there was that cool bit where like that woman was like trapped in the car and Chucky was like controlling it with the app or whatever because it was like a voice activated mm. Tesla type thing. Yeah, that, that was that, all right. That was good. All of the stuff where he's connecting to technology is mm. like that. That's what that that's the good movie hidden under all the layers of not yeah, so good. Trying and then to, again, that's that's what they did in sort of Megan. Yeah, they're taking the concept, but they're trying to think of something different. Mm. Um, in terms of like story or actions, which why is... the home AI is connected to a table saw, I will never know. <laughs> but oh, like oh, the oh, toy attack at the end um, in the supermarket was cool. That it was like kind of like an homage to the original opening, but just ended up being more like Gremlins, but half as good. Because <laughs> like you know the drones come to oh, life, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it just was not good. I, I did was, not enjoy. I was that. distracted because I've got a cat on my lap. There's now, now a cat on your lap. Hello, Basil. Can we get a meow in the microphone? Nope. <laughs> and she's just licking your arm. Ow. <laughs> oh, and biting. Bites of love. Um, it was cool to get like the POV shots like in the original as well. I don't think they had that really. Or if they did in this one, it had like the shitty overlay of like looking through a camera, like all the glitchy effects and the time Yeah, well, because a cool thing they did in the, in the original was like you didn't immediately sort of know that it was him because mm. there was POV shots. Yeah, yeah. Or he wasn't in like innately on screen when doing the killings. Yeah, true. To show... Behind, like behind him or something like that. Yeah. I guess you couldn't really do that with this one because from the get-go, you, you know what's going to be him. Well, on that note, I think what also um, contributed to making the original creepier was you don't really hear Chucky talking until the the mother has him as he's threatening to throw him in the fireplace. And then he's like, oh, you yeah, filthy whore. You filthy or whatever. slut. <laughs> filthy slut. Because before then, you only hear Andy's responses. Which I think is like more chilling. Yeah. Well, the only time you hear Chucky speak, it's like the actual toys. Chucky, oh yeah, play? like the pre preset voice. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah, in the remake, it's just it's all the same voice. It yeah. doesn't really change. Also, Andy in the original is like half the kid's age in the remake, and he's way smarter. Like he notices the flower <laughs> on the shoes of yeah. the doll when the detect the fucking detective and all the cops there do not. Well, if you're a detective at a murder scene, you're not going to check the doll's feed, are you? <laughs> <laughs> what? He should have picked it up. <laughs> Um, one more, like, 
there's a lot, but I just want to mention one more bad one before we get into the good stuff is the 2015 Poltergeist. So like the the 1980s original by Toby Hooper, who of course did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, had some classic things like you know the they're here line coming through the the TV. Um, the electricity and stuff like creepy clown. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the most iconic things or like the most memorable scenes in that for me was when the chicks in the kitchen, the mother, and it's like a tracking shot of the camera, um, shows her like around the dining table pans to the right or whatever, when she's doing something comes back and all the chairs are like stacked up in this like weird formation on top of the table. In this one, in the 2015 remake, they try to recreate that, but with magazines. Oh, when the God. kid is like carrying a crate of them up to his house when they're moving in. And it's just so bad. Like, for starters, at least you can stack chairs. Like, gravity is in your favor. It just does not make logical sense in the remake. Like, I get, like, I feel you know, like it's a poltergeist film. I've not seen either of, those, either of those movies, but I feel like there's a sense of scale there, too. Like, yeah. seeing chairs stacked up on top of each other it's like whoa yeah Whereas, oh magazines i know it was just not terrifying at all it was just <laughs> cheesy but um enough, enough talking about shit not being miss debbie downer what do we got some good movies yeah well good remakes well what i hadn't seen until for some reason <laughs> i had not seen until we decided we were going to talk about remakes um was the 1986 remake of the fly mm-hmm. um written and directed by david cronenberg Yes. Who also makes a cameo as a gynecologist. Well, if you're going to put yourself in a movie, you may as well be a gynecologist. <laughs> may as well put it between the legs <laughs> of Gina Davis. That's right. Um, and I mean, I feel like part of what makes this, like obviously the body horror, because he's like, he's the father of body horror, I feel. Dave he's, Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and obviously having Jeff Goldblum as the main actor, like that's half the film sold right there. That's the whole film sold for me. Yeah. That's all I need. He is so charming. In he, this, I loved his character. I, don't know. I mean, let's just talk about Jeff Goldblum. He's the most charming man, I think, on this planet. That laugh was, I think, your message <laughs> tone for years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's laughing. Was it Jurassic Park? Yeah. It was one or two. How, how would you... It's like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like the count <laughs> from Sesame Street. He <laughs> <laughs> just keeps going. But more slurs. Uh, yeah. He's great in that movie, and he plays a very likable character that, mm. like, twists and turns into... a. Yeah, someone that's not so likable. Seeing the de- devolution or the de-evolution of him, um, and just how his body's like essentially decaying, so the fly figure underneath his human skin can break out. Yeah, is just awesome. I feel like he plays it so well. Of like in the beginning of the movie, he's just got something about him where he looks nerdy, and like you can mm. you can totally buy that he's some nerdy lonely scientist. Maybe yeah. just like his hair is all like curly and long, and he's in that suit. He's that, very which, awkward, which and... he has like seven pairs of the same suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then throughout the movie, once he gets the fucking superpowers, he's like, that's a man right there. Yeah. Like he, he's no longer a nerd. He's, that he's was cool. the epitome of like masculinity. Mm. And because how it starts, I think in the original, um, the the original, I want to say 1954, but I'm not certain. I, I didn't it was, write it down. I thought it was 58, but that might have been a different uh, movie. It could be 58. It was in the 50s. It was black and white, the original. It was 58, yeah. Oh, okay. Um... And I think the first thing to go is his hand Be- becomes like this weird pincer claw looking mm-hmm. thing. Right. Whereas in this, it was like a, a cut on his back, wasn't it? And it yeah, grows that, like bristles. And... Well, that's like the first small sign of yeah. like something's wrong where he's laid on a microchip mm. and then it heals, but then there's a hair coming through, like a very coarse hair. Yeah. And then like the first real sign of shit going wrong is when he's like chewing on a nail. And yeah. that, that's probably my favorite like body horror 
trope yeah, oh. in, in movies where they're like chewing on a nail and the nail comes off. Yeah. It always looks so gross and fucking all. Like, it, they do it as well in um, District... Is it District 9 or District 11? Oh, District 9. District yeah, 9. The you South they, African They film. do it in that as well. And it, every time it just gets me. It looks well, so good. I wondered if that was heavily influenced by this because even the prawns in District 9 kind of look <laughs> like what Jeff Goldblum becomes. I've never made that connection till now, but holy shit. Like the face of the fly? Yeah. Like fly human. What are they called? The Brundle fly? The Brundle fly, his yeah. name's Seth Brundle, right? Yeah. As a scientist. Um... Yeah, and like that scene where he's like pulling his fingernails off and like squirts pus oh. on the mirror. It's just so gross. And then like opens the mirror at one point to like, he's got like a collection like fucking gold member and flakes of skin. <laughs> yeah. Like in his bathroom mirror oh. cabinet. And he's this got like a, keeper. like a penis in a jar, like a bunch I, of teeth. I don't think he has you a penis in a jar. Did you, did you not see that? I'm pretty sure what? it was a penis. Okay, all right. I mean, and what know. a penis. <laughs> Um, it's right, probably okay. molded off Jeff Goldblum <laughs> for size. Uh, so not, I wanted to get that ratio, that say, scale, not, right? Not big enough. <laughs> um, yeah, it like that's the best thing about the, well, probably mm. the best thing about the movie. The most iconic thing about the movie yeah. is the practical effects and yeah. the way it goes. It was definitely more grotesque. Yeah, well, with the original, it's just the lobster hand and then, and the, then the, head. the fly head. Yeah, and I mean even like. There's a point where, because Gina, Gina Davis's character, um, instead of being like his wife, in this he in, in the remake she's like a journalist, and he's at a science fair, I believe, and that's where they meet because mm, he's yeah. talking about like, oh well, I've got this invention that's going to change the world, and he talks about the telepods, which is essentially to, if if I'm like remembering this correctly, to disintegrate matter, transport it to another pod a few feet away. And then rematerialize. Yeah, it's a teleporter. Yeah, yeah. which uh, obviously how he starts, like, his genes get spliced with that of a common housefly because one gets into the pod when he's drunk um, and, and envious, thinking that um, Gina Davis's character is, like, sleeping with her ex. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, o- over time, over the following weeks, he starts to develop traits of a fly. Like, I love that they even have the, like, hyper activity and he's always like fidgety and yeah. super enthusiastic and drink, getting more drink, drinking a cup of, cup of coffee and he just put sugar after sugar yeah after sugar just, in it. and like chewing on charleston chews and yep. donuts and shit that was really good because in the first one it's the only thing that is to show that he's slowly becoming a fly is like the practical effects in the the physical changes mm. not just all those um mannerisms which i thought was a nice touch yeah well, I mean, um, it helps that Jeff Goldblum is kind of like a fidgety guy and kind of like kind of like jazzy. You know, yeah, like, everything's yeah. Something I can't remember if they alluded to in the first um, that, that was really uh, a good, I guess, um, seed for motive in the remake was that um, there's a scene where she's driving Seth back to his lab or whatever in a car, and he talks about how he's got motion sickness. Mm-hmm. Even on short drives. So that would explain like a desire for teleportation. Yeah. He's like, you never have to fly a plane, fly in a plane again. Or you never yeah. have to drive in a car again. No turbulence. Yeah. I thought that was smart. Do flies have a lot of sex? I couldn't tell you. There's a lot of them. Never been with a fly. <laughs> um, pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cringe. Pretty white for a fly guy. <laughs> um, um, and he like snaps a dude's arm in an armrest, a little bar. Yeah. See the so, bone come through the skin. See that, that, at, at its core, then, that's why this movie works so well. Because it it takes the core ideas of the original, the core story, yeah. and then tells it in a different light with changes to the story, changes mm. to the characters. Yeah. And it's not just telling the same thing again. It's, it's like, hey, this is a cool idea. What can we do to put our own spin on it? Mm. And yeah. they do it well. 
Yeah, and I mean, Cronenberg of all people is going to just make it disgustingly <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, well, because, I mean, a man turning into, like, getting his DNA spliced and then turning into another creature, that's going to be a bit messy, surely. Yeah, like, I feel like in the original, it was horrifying. In this one, it's disgusting. Yeah. I feel like that's the distinction. Yeah. Um, And also, I just remembered, like, when we're talking about bits of his body, like, decaying, when she, like, comes back to visit him at one point and he just, like, she brushes his face and his ear just falls off (laughs) into his hand. I was like, oh, what the hell? I'm pretty sure that was another scene where they didn't tell her that was going to happen. Oh, no. And so the reaction is like, fuck, his ear fell off. It's priceless. Um, Vincent Priceless. (laughs) For those that don't know, Vincent Vincent Price was the the original character in the original The Fly. Yeah. I don't even know if he's called Seth in the original. I can't remember. I don't know. Um... And how he has to, like, vomit on his food to dissolve it, to digest it. Yeah. Like, that was cool. And he's, like, getting her to film it um, to, like, show the world the progress of, of the invention. Well, and it, he's like, hey, kids, you yeah, want to well, see? How, I was like, going to say, that's eats? an interesting part of the, like, aspect of the movie where he starts out scared of it mm. because he's like, what's happening? But then he accepts it very quickly. And yeah. he's like, all right. He's, like, curious. I'm, I'm becoming a new, you know, thing. Yeah. Like, Let's see what we can figure out. And he yeah. kind of enjoys it. He wants to be like med- educational videos about it. Yeah. And he, yeah. I think he like thinks he's going to become a better being. Mm. Yeah. He def- There's definitely like quotes in his dialogue where he's like speaks of becoming a superior being and mm. um, things like that. And there's even like a plot twist in this one where um, Veronica, I think that's her name, becomes pregnant. She falls pregnant um, with... Seth's kid and she has this like really gnarly dream sequence of giving birth to like a lava yeah that's like two feet long and just squirming in in Cronenberg's hands that was that was sick yeah well they they made a sequel to the movie where I don't think she's in it because mm. obviously it was a sequel so nobody wanted to be in it yeah except for I think one of the guys is still in it okay. um but it's about the sun like growing up oh uh, okay interesting because becoming the fly and yeah I, I feel like they kind of fucked that up though like a good part of the first movie is the paranoia of something's going to be wrong with the baby. Yeah. But, like, you don't know that and it's kind of left up in the air. Whereas in the second, like, in the sequel, it's just like, no, the the, the baby's fucked up. Because they talk about how she wants an abortion and they, like, drive her to, like, a late night doctor's office to get it done. Does it mm. just never happen? Is that the twist for the sequel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've not seen The Fly 2. It's been but... many, many years since I saw it. Yeah. And I guess when he goes, because he goes through a few times, like three or four times, um, each time coming out more like a fly. Because he tests like a, a baboon, right? And it just comes out the first time like inside, inside out, out in yeah. the other pod. That, yeah. Because he has to like teach the pod that there's something special about flesh, which is yeah. a bit of a, not a deus ex machina, but it's mm. a, bit of a bit of a plot point where it's like, all right, all of a sudden now we can we can make it work. Yeah. Um, and when he goes through the last time, because the pod gets like, destroyed and caved in he comes out like half mechanical yeah well which is cool the reason he wants to go through because he inputs into his computer like what's happening and mm. it's like all right your dna is merged with the fly yeah and then he's like how do i fix it and the um the fucking computer's like all right you need to merge with another person yeah and so his plan is to put gina davis's character and the baby Unborn oh, baby. that's right. In a like pod. locks Veronica in the other one. Yeah. And then so they'll all merge into one. Yeah. And they'll be, I don't know, the perfect balance of human and fly. It's a really cool climax too because like 
you've got all that like drama and like the story coming to a crux, but also just the um, visual effects are just as great. Like when the ex comes in with a gun and Seth like regurgitates on his hand, like melts away yeah. the flesh and then on his foot as well. Yeah. You can see like the exposed bone as like the acid vomit just it's got that melts the flesh. touch. Yeah. It was so good. I was saying this before we started recording this. One thing I love that they didn't do was the fucking shot of the human head on the fly body on the yeah. spider web. That was so <laughs> bad in the original. I'm very much glad they didn't show in this one. Like a house fly flying around with Jeff Goblin's head on it. <laughs> Just doing that fucking laugh. God, that would have been great. That would have been a good like post-credit scene. Oh, but God. not included in the original. Yeah. Yeah. Made for a good Simpsons episode, though. Mm. Another one um, I want to mention, um, I'm a massive zombie fan, big fan of, like, The Walking Dead. I've read the books, and I love a lot of the classic um, zombie horrors, but um, Night of the Living Dead, the 1990 remake by Tom Savini. By Tom the, Savini, The yeah. famous Hollywood makeup artists. Um, see, this one, uh, I've seen the original, but you haven't, right? It's by George I'm, A. Romero. I mean, I'm actually not sure now because I, I don't think so. It's black and white. <clears throat> yeah, well, I thought I hadn't, but so then I rewatched. Well, I watched the the um the remake of it, the '90s version. Mm. But then, even then, I'm not. I wasn't sure if I'd seen it, <laughs> so I still don't know if I've seen the original or not. Okay, because it was the, just so long ago. Yeah, so the original was written um, by George A. Romero and. I think he wanted it remade, um, which you don't often see okay. um, with remakes. He wanted it made um, so he could get the rights and royalties because apparently, like, he got gypped in the first one <laughs> uh, where the studio okay. or production I'm not companies to say that real quick. took um, a <laughs> my bad. Um, he took a lot of that. Uh, he took a big hit in the royalties, so he's like, "All right, well, um, get my good friend Tom Savini to remake it." And it's very similar, like for the '90s. It's not as um, graphic or as violent or modern as it could have been, but apparently that was Tom Savini's touch out of respect for the original, which I okay. thought was nice. Still keeping it like grounded and not like too gory. Yeah, so you could have had like a Cronenberg-esque remake <laughs> of a zombie film because it's easy to do. You see it in The Walking yeah. Dead when corpses are like decaying and getting split open and shit. But yeah, out of this one, like you don't really see much outside of like a severed hand really. Because they just get like shot or yeah, they kind of just get kicked shot. down. I do love in that in the in the remake of it, the first like sort of zombie encounter they have, mm. where what's, what's the guy's name? Like the very beginning, Barbara's brother. I don't recall. Uh, it doesn't matter. But he, he's not in it for when long. He, yeah, when he's getting attacked by a zombie and he dies, there's a shot of him falling sideways and hitting his like neck on a, on oh, a tombstone. Yeah, so blatantly a fucking dummy. It yeah, looks hilarious. yeah, that was funny. So um, obviously, you know, it was still dated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, like the a pretty good cast, like Tony Todd, as the best ben, cast, Candyman, that was pretty cool. Um, and Patricia Tallman, which I thought I knew the name, but I didn't know where. I don't think I previously knew this, but I researched her, and she was Laura Dern's stunt double in Jurassic Park. Well, there you go. There <laughs> it's you go. odd. Um, but yeah, so like it's just, it's a simple premise. Like it's it's seven, I think, survivors, like a farmhouse. Sure. Like if you include the daughter who gets bitten and soon becomes mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. a survivor. <laughs> she gets she she turns, she got bit. Well by the end there's only one survivor. <laughs> yeah, see in cuz in this one, um mm-hmm. Barbara like survives the night 
and she's the only one who dies. And then like all these rednecks kind of like yep. take over the town and just like shoot the zombies that are left. They're playing games with them like Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she, because oh, what's his name? The like mafia looking dude, the really arrogant one. Cooper? Oh, I, I think. Yeah, I think it's Cooper. Um, he was like locked in the basement or something the whole night, wasn't he? And she goes into the house with some of the rednecks and they're like clearing out the, the village. And he pops up and she's like, oh, you made it. And because he was a prick the whole night, she just shoots him point blank. Mm. Well, he, go ahead and say about the original. Yeah, because in the original, Ben is the sole survivor. Okay, so I have, I've seen the original. You have, you remember that? Okay, so this was the first time seeing the remake. Because in my mind, I was waiting for for Ben to be the survivor. Yeah. And then when he popped up here as a zombie, I'm like, okay, I guess I must be misremembering Mm. it. Because he turns up as a zombie and then, yeah. then she shoots Cooper who survived. Yeah. So, I've, so there you go. So this was okay. the first time I'd seen the remake. Because I love the original ending and I'm kind of disappointed they didn't do the same thing here. But point blank shooting the asshole once they both survived the night was pretty cool. So conti- got continue with your... So, so Ben's the, in the original so Ben's the sole survivor. In the original Ben's the sole survivor and you still got like the local rednecks coming out and clearing the village. But because he just kind of like slowly like groggily stands up inside the house... Through a window, they think he's a zombie and they shoot him in the head. Yeah. And that's the end of the film. Okay. So I'm, I'm very glad you mentioned that because now I'm... That's so you must have seen it. That's cool. So I, Yeah. So I definitely seen that because I remember okay. that. I remember that being like a gut-wrenching like ending to it. Yeah. It's like, fuck, he went through all that, survived. Right. But then gets shot because they think he's a zombie. Yeah. Which I, I really enjoyed. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and I mean, in the original, the zombies are very like, very shambolic... Um, they're very slow. Like, there's even a, I think, a line in the dialogue here where, um, Barbara even says, like, they're so slow we could walk right past them. <laughs> mm, that's in the remake too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, right. And then there wasn't a lot of blood, but there is some cool things like the severed hand, um, that falls on her, and she's like putting <laughs> it along to the body, rest of the body with like a fire poker, and yeah. So it pretty much sounds like this remake. Mm is pretty much the same as the first one, minus that ending scene that they changed. Yeah, so... So, for all intents and purposes, shouldn't be a good movie. No, no. And I mean, it wasn't amazing. I enjoyed it, but I'm a zombie fan, and I just love Tony Todd. He was very convincing in this one. Um, There's more profanity in this, which I like. (laughs) Like, when Cooper's keeping the door locked, and they got to get down there for supplies, and he's like, open this door, you motherfucker! And I was like, oh, (laughs) shit, I did see that, the original. Yeah, yeah. Um... Also, like, the zombies are not overly scary either. Like, they don't... As far as I'm aware, the zombies don't kill anyone in, in the whole film. I don't think anyone dies by a zombie. Like, there's the dumb kid and his girlfriend that dies by shooting <laughs> yeah. a fuel pump they and they explode. explode. Well, I mean, the mother dies to the daughter eating. Oh, um, yeah, true. So, so, other than that, and she, like, began as a normal character in the house. Like, yeah. yeah, and I then she... Either. And then the mother, you don't see it, but turns Ben into a zombie in the yeah, remake. True, yep. So yeah, it's it's less believable because it was adapted so closely to the original, but like two decades later. Yeah, it's like yeah, kind of hard to like Psycho, except this was I think just better acting, better everything. Well, I guess the maybe the reason why it worked out so well is because of the like the core respect they had for the original. Yeah, like they actually cared about what they were doing, and mm. they. Probably worked closely with Romero. I yeah, he had some hand in it. Surely, yeah, he was like one half of the creative team yeah, behind it. Go, so. so, but also like one thing I did find a bit jarring that I can't quite remember if it was this abrupt in the original was Barbara becoming like suddenly stoic, like because she was so just 
um, like distraught at the start. And she's like, she can't speak. She's just like sobbing all the time. And then all of a sudden she's like this badass that's like barricading windows, shooting I, zombies. I don't remember as much as like in the original, obviously. Mm. But in the remake, I think they did it well. Because okay. I, I was going to say that's kind of my favorite part. Well, one of my favorite parts about the movie is her progression. Yeah. Where right. at the start, she's a fucking mess to the point where Ben has to like shake her and like, yeah. you need to calm down, woman. Yeah. Um, she just became very resolute. Yeah. and But then slowly, like in the remake, slowly she helps, starts helping him with stuff. Mm. And I think he's even, there's even a scene where he's like, look, I've seen what you can do in there. You're strong. Like, yeah. you, so you just got to keep fighting and yeah. you're good. And so from then on, she like slowly like becomes more and more a badass. Yeah. And by the end, she's great. I suppose that's good because like that was because of Ben. And then the fact that like he dies could also like, you know, be a bit more emotional made by the fact that she's the sole survivor and she's like become really strong because of him. Yeah. Yeah. She's in a good emotional he, tie. He's the only reason she did survive. Yeah. Another one um, that I, I didn't think was great, but I didn't think it was bad just because it was, different um very different it kind of rewrote the original was the 2019 pet cemetery Mm. based on the stephen king novel um that is the only stephen king book i've read from memory and i loved the 89 i want to say original nailed it um like fred gwynn as jarred was sick (sighs) the gauge was very convincing um and you had john lithgow in the remake which i thought was cool Mm. he was good um there was a bit of there was something behind you. He was good there. <laughs> he was okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. Fred Gwynn was just very lovable. Yeah, I because I hadn't seen the original. Yeah, I'd only seen the remake, which I liked mm. first time. I think I like shed a tear in the in the theater in the remake. Yeah, it hit, it hit a bit close to home. Yeah, but so I'd not seen the original until last weekend where I watched it for this. Yeah, what do you and think? I like. I loved it. It was good. Good oh, practical effects. I won't say I loved it. Okay, I I really liked it. Okay, we're not on. I've, we haven't said the love word yet. Um, <laughs> it's a remakes episode. We probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> Except for The Fly. Well, no, the remake I liked a lot. But the original, I actually don't know which one I liked more. Okay. Because, like I said, Fred Gwynn as Judd. Yeah. Like, fucking iconic. That was great. Mm. He's a little like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking main accent. Yeah. Oh, he's perfect. Which, I guess, they didn't have John Lithgow attempt that. Because yeah. what's the point? Like, you're not going to top that. But... The original has some problems. Okay. Like, every scene that had, like, the ghost was just goofy. Oh, Pascal? Like, that, yeah, that didn't... A lot of that didn't belong. It was a completely different mm. tone in the movie. Yeah. Like, well, like so... Like, when have, he appears and he, like, makes things happen to delay Yeah, things. well, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, early in the movie, uh, someone, like, a... Okay, so the main, the main guy character mm. is a doctor. And when they first moved to town a student or a person dies. Gets hit by a truck, hit on, by a truck. on the road, and, which yeah. is a bad omen. Yeah, and and dies like on the table. Like in front of him. In yeah. front of him, yeah. And so throughout the movie, the ghost appears to the main character mm. as sort of like a guide or like a warning, like don't go past the barrier. Yeah. The, what's this thing? Like the ground is... The, the ground is sour. The soil Souls. of a man's heart is sour or something. Anyway. Something like that. So, yeah, the reason it's called Pet Cemetery is because... They move into this house okay. where there's a cemetery, and if you bury pets beyond this barrier, they come back. Yes, that is the main premise of the movie. Thank yeah. you. And then, so the ghost comes back throughout the movie, but it's goofy. It's so goofy. Like, mm. there's a scene where 
they're going back to like the house. The the mum's gone back to the house. Yeah, when she's in the truck, get, getting a lift with the truckie. <laughs> that too, but when she's on the plane, she's on the plane, and there's a shot of the ghost in a plane seat. It's okay. so stupid. I don't Why? know. It just seems good. Well, you expect it, him to stand in the aisle for I, it four might just, hours? It might just be the execution. <laughs> 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 it might just be the execution of it. Like he's sitting there with his seatbelt on, like with a goofy smile on his face. Like this is a horror movie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I do remember that smile. That was pretty cringe. Yeah. The rain's Whereas coming back. Whereas in the remake, all of the scenes with the ghost, yeah, like they look pretty harrowing. Yeah. Like, they're, also, they're all they're all played for. He's also scary. not in it much though in the remake. Like that, he's not much yeah. of a guide. He just says, "Oh no, please don't do it." Like twice. And yeah. That's it. Okay. So it's gorier though. Much gorier. Like yeah. his brain, like pulsing. <laughs> but the original screenplay was written by Stephen King. Who also makes a cameo. Did you pick that? I did. The yeah, Reverend yeah, yeah, yeah. at the funeral. He's a he's got a very um distinguished look. Yeah. Yeah. Um so and also I love the opening more in the original where it's like showing the cemetery and it's got like the I think it's got like voiceovers of like kids' eulogies for their pets playing. The remake starts with the ending scene. Yeah. And I didn't I don't think I like that. Yeah. Like, I liked the original way they did it better. Yeah, same. And so we should probably talk about what they actually changed yeah. in the movie, right? Well, I thought it was actually like apart from Pascal, who's the like ghost guide, apart from his like head wound being bloodier, I feel like the practical effects in the original were actually gorier. Because like when Judd dies, and then they later show him like underneath a sheet, like his lips are removed, like cut off with a scalpel, and the final scene where he like. Makes out with his undead wife oh, And her dude. eye just like oozes over his face Yeah that's a bit Like they were gross. sick But Yeah and, I mean Oh and there's like the scene where Judd gets his like Achilles tendon cut I as well I love that That was beautiful Because that was such a famous scene in the original And I love that they In the remake It's like a slow zoom on the Achilles heel um, Under the bed with the ominous music But then he like gets up and turns away mm. The first time I saw it I was like No they're not going to do it They're taking away the best part But it's a double bluff Yeah Because it happens on the stairs I was going to say I like that Because instead of doing No I the- do I do Yeah okay Instead of doing the same shot They like they paid homage to it Yeah And then did it Slightly differently. Yeah. Like, it what a seemed like do. they were going to let fans down, but then they have it anyway. I was like, fuck yes. Because um, imagine that, just having your like, Achilles tendon cut by a scalpel. Like, that's I don't just want to imagine fucked. that. And Gage is very much like animatronic, like Chucky in the original. Whereas this one... See, the main, the main difference... Back to that point, yep. The main difference is in the original, there's like all these semi-trailer trucks that go by on the road outside the house... Um, and they make the kids aware of it. They're not playing near the road or whatever. And Gage, the young boy, goes running after this kite and gets cleaned up by the truck and dies. Whereas in the remake, it's the daughter. So that's another double bluff that they do. Yeah, like they save Gage. Yeah. But then the daughter gets Yeah, pulled. pull him out of the road and then... See, the only thing I didn't like about that was she gets hit head on by this semi-trailer truck doing God knows how many miles an hour on this like country road but there's like a little bit of blood on the bull bar and you don't see any blood on her like limp body at all even like when they've done the makeup and he reopens the casket like i get that's the point it's a little girl getting hit by a car and dying i don't think they really need a truck nathan try a semi-trailer truck (laughs) sorry i don't think they needed to really go too much into yeah. The goriness of it. Well, even if they didn't show the body and they just had like all this blood on the grill and then like a shot of her shoes or something. Well, I feel to like it, to it. it's more emotional 
yeah, that okay. way. Because if you put all this blood and guts and gore, it'd take you out of it. And yeah. like the focus would be on the gore and not the fact that this little girl has just been hit by a truck. Yeah, true. Which is why, like, when I was sitting there, I had, like, a little sister that was... I don't uh, know if she was at yeah. that age, but, like, a little girl. And I saw it, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, fair. All right. I Wait. can see that as an, as an emotional um, gut punch as opposed mm. to just the visual response. Yeah. Okay. But I like... The main reason I like that they made that change, like, from the little boy who's about with ages, what is he, like, four, five, six? Yeah, something like that. To like probably a, younger, probably younger, yeah. three, three or four. Yeah. To a girl that's I don't know, nine or ten. Yeah, because she has a because it happens on a birthday party. Yeah, like she turns nine or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, is in the original, it's hard to make a little baby boy scary, mm. and there's only so much you can do with that. Yeah. Whereas if it's a little older, then all of a sudden, a it's going to be a better actor. Yeah. And b you can just do more with that like i noticed in the in the original once the little boy comes back mm. once gage comes back then he's immediately evil you don't see him that often and that's like right at the end of the movie yeah. whereas in the remake it's like halfway through the movie the little girl comes back and they spend some time with her not like being evil straight away like she's yeah like she's unaware she's unaware of what's happened to her she doesn't know she's undead or yeah. she suspects that she is, right? She knows something. Because like wrong. her hair comes out and she's all grey and Yeah, and then there's like this cold. like there's like the cool scene where he's brushing her hair and like he sees the stitches from where mm. they would have had to like stitch it up for the like the, like the fucking funeral. Or, yeah. Yeah, and so they can spend more time, I don't know, diving into that the side grief, of it. I guess. The grief of it and yeah. like him being happy that it's worked mm. but then slowly being unsure. Whereas yeah. in the original, it was just he doesn't even know it's worked until he until Gage is a killer. Yeah, and I guess another two that well, the two things I've noted that were also big differences was well, well, the main one was like when he's um, like having a bath in the original, like puts the cloth over his face, and then the like undead cat church drops like a dead rat. Yeah, in in the water in the remake the mom and dad are about to get it on in the bedroom and just drops like a, a bird, but it's still alive on the bed. Um, yeah, see, that I get, that's, an, that's another instance of, like, it's the same sort of idea as yeah. the original, but it's not the same scene. It's I, different. I think a dead rat in bathwater is creepier or gross, more gross. That's because you're not about to get it on, right? <laughs> um, but also another one that I noted was um, when... Lewis, I think his name was, the doctor, the dad. When he wants to bring Ellie, was it? I think so, yeah. Back yeah, and yeah. like bury her in Ellie. the like, yeah, Indian. You didn't tell me this place is built <laughs> on an ancient Indian burial ground. There you go. That's two Simpsons quotes in this episode. Um, <laughs> when he goes to do that, like he spikes Judd's drink. So he passes yeah. out. That's not in the first one. No, so yeah. So he's a in, bit more in, in malicious. In the first one, Judd just falls asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one, Judd. I mean, it's probably because he's in a nicotine coma. Yeah. Because <laughs> in both movies, he's smoking the fucking pack a day. Yeah, I know. Like a chimney. Um, and in the original as well, they like burn down the house, Judd's house, um, where the the bodies are. But in the remake, Gage is like in a car. He's the only one who's not undead because mm-hmm. Lewis is never undead in the original. In the remake... Ellie 
and the mother like conspire against him and like kill him, bury him in the pet cemetery mm. or in like the Indian burial ground. And then the only one left in the family is Gage. And it just shows them like walking towards the car with like a, yeah, a fucking, what do you call it? Like a jug of kerosene or something. Yeah. And then you hear like the car, the car like, unlock. unlock and then it's the credits. Yeah. Kind of leaves it like, whoa, what? Yeah. Bad time for Gage ahead. So a lot of differences in yeah, this well, remake. A, a big difference as well is the complete lack of the nanny character. Like yeah, the, that's true. That, it's not a nanny, like a housemaid. Like a yeah. Maid, there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in the first one. There's a maid who is like, got like complaining about stomach aches and stuff. And then halfway through the movie, she hangs herself. Yeah, true. And I think that's one of the reasons the little girl is like questioning death. Yes, it's not because the cat died. Mm. Oh, no, not the cat. Well, is that what sparks the conversation? Or, But in the remake, I feel like it's something else. Is it maybe the kid, Pascal? The ghost guy? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in some aspects, it was scarier, but it definitely had more jump scares that were cheesy. Like it had all the stereotypical ones, like the shower curtain and the bathroom mirror. Yeah. Like all those ones that you see in every horror film. Like the, the Zelda, who's the... The, oh, the, the, the mother's sister, like, like deformed. falling down the like the dumb waiter. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a good scare. I'll yeah, that. that was right. Some of them I thought were a bit predictable. You could see them come a mile away, but yeah. there were some good ones. They're not really remakes, but another two I think are really good. And we had this debate before we started recording was John Carpenter's The Thing in 1982, mm-hmm. um, and. Francis Lawrence's I Am Legend, 2007. And he also did Constantine, which I didn't know. Big fan of that film. Constantine. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, And we had this debate where they're not really remakes because there were other films made based on their source material. Like, Mm. they're both based on books. They're um, both... But interpreted differently, right? They're both adaptations of the same material. Yeah. I wanted to mention them because they're so good. Yeah, they're messy because if that's the the same topic, uh, then it is yeah. the same. Like it's it's not a remake. It's not necessarily a remake of mm. the original like two part movie. It's this. It's just another adaptation of the original book. Yeah, but I'd still call it a remake. Yeah, and because yeah, the original was just a really long film, and the first half is that like the ensemble cast as kids, the second half as adults, and then. In the remakes, we've got one film, Chapter 1, as kids, and Chapter 2 as adults. Mm. Really good casts. I don't want to get into it too because I, I think we'll do an episode on it at some point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we won't get too much into detail on that one. Yeah. Are there any remakes you want to see made? I was thinking about that, and I don't. I couldn't come up with anything because, in my mind, the only remakes that should exist are ones that take a... A movie that maybe didn't do so well, mm. but had a good like course concept, yeah, like, good strength to it, but just didn't pan out for whatever reason. And I can't think of any bad movies yeah, that true. had a good idea. That is a very fair point because you don't want to remake something super successful and iconic because it's not going to. Yeah, live up like to it, that. like there's no need to remake a good movie because it's already good. Yeah, but Whereas, if you remake a bad one, no one's going to want to see it. <laughs> Because they'll just have that reputation. I, I did have that original. thought as well, but maybe people should just take risks. Yeah, because I feel like most of the remakes are just safety nets. Mm. Like they're like, hey, we need to make a movie, whether it's to, I don't know, launch 
we've got this new star and we want to launch their career. So we need like a nice safe place for them to act. Yeah. Okay. Or they're just like, hey, we need some money. Yeah. So let's churn out this remake of a franchise we own mm. because we know it will do well. They're dishing out the Stephen King remakes at the moment. Like we also had, you know, we mentioned it in Pet Cemetery, but we also have had like Carrie and Firestarter and more. So. Well, Firestarter didn't have an original movie. That's just a straight adaptation, isn't it? Oh, I thought it had an original. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. One that I would like to see, um, and I say this tentatively because <laughs> I'm a big fan of the original, okay. is Rosemary's Baby. Well, I can't comment because I haven't seen that yet. Okay. It's on my ever-growing list. Yeah. It's a 1968 film. Um, so it's in color, but it's still very um, of its time. Written and directed by Roman Polanski. Isn't um, he a... No, I might be thinking of someone else. Didn't he do bad stuff? Roman Polanski? I I, or am think I thinking so. of someone else? Well, his partner, Sharon Tate, was in the Manson murder house. Oh, okay. She was killed. It's always fun. Um, but did he do... Who did Jeepers Creepers? I can't recall. I wouldn't think it'd be him because no, okay. that's a big break between films. Yeah, because I know Jeepers Creepers was done by a bit of a douchebag. Oh, okay. Um, they made a 2014 miniseries of it that I haven't seen or so heard anything it. about. <laughs> well, that was a miniseries. Um, and apparently, get this, it was briefly considered um, to have a remake made in 2008 with Michael Bay on board, which, as we've <laughs> yeah, said in so this already, like, it, would, it would be a bit much... Um, apparently there is a prequel. It's either in production or it's, it's is that just the sex scene in the works. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called apartment seven a, and it's got John Krasinski as a producer who did a quiet place. Okay. So, so I would actually be very keen to got, see that. Got some faith into it then. Yeah. But, um, I think just a remake of the original would be cool. Cause there's that big, like orgy scene, like event horizon, which is pretty gnarly. And okay, I'm in. just the fact that it's like, we was talking about before in the fly where like they've got, um, a baby in them. That's like otherworldly. The mm. fact that you've got the son of the devil inside you, like be terrifying. And, um, I just think it could benefit from, from a modern spin. It could yeah. be awful. I mean, okay. You never know. You've, Speaking of that, I reckon they could make an Event Horizon remake. Okay. Because it's not even that old, but that was a movie that I really enjoyed. Mm. But it could be more. Like, it, 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 I feel like it hasn't lived up to its potential. Okay. Like, its ideas and its core of, like, you know, having a gateway to hell, mm. like, influencing people on a ship. Yeah. It's very, could, could very original. Very well. It's very original. A lot it's, of people hate that film, but I didn't mind it. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. But he, Sam Neill. Mm. Fucking Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. So that's it. Remakes. Um, some of the ones we talked about, they're, they're all kind of different in their own right. They're not necessarily good or bad. We just, uh, well. Some, some, of some of them are good. Some, some, some of them, them are, bad. are bad. but Some of them are good. But we just kind of uh, wanted to mention ones that we could like speak on at length. And um, I guess as a quick recap, this is sort of how like I interpret the difference between them is like The Fly made it more horrifying with its body horror. Yep. Um, Child's Play modernized it. It did. We've got an AI doll now. It we've, did. We've got apps and things. Um, Pet Cemetery essentially rewrote it. Took yeah. like the concept of a cemetery where you could bury people and they'd come back and then just like change these key plot devices. Mm-hmm. But respectfully, it did pay homage to... Um, key moments in the original which I liked. Yep. Um, and Psycho just straight replicated <laughs> it. 
So we've we've got an interesting mix. All those movies had like a well thought out. Like here's what it did well, and then Psycho's just it just did the same shit. Yeah, yeah, very very odd concept. But um, I don't know if remakes are necessary, but um, it is cool, I guess, to to revisit um, stories. But there's very few that um, I think are, are even as good, let alone better, than the originals. Yeah, well, the only one I think... No, I was, actually, I was gonna, not even going to finish that because I'm not better, but my favourite remake, I think, is Evil Dead, but we talked about that. I wasn't a big fan even after the rewatch, but I've... God, <laughs> the rain has started to come down The rain's now. coming. We might have to end it. Um, But <laughs> I have been watching some videos... Oh, you've probably peaked. <laughs> I'm probably clipping now, distorting in the mix. Um, I've been like watching videos online of like other people's opinions, and it has opened me up to um, being a bit more accepting of it. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed our talking on remakes. Mm-hmm. Make sure you check us out on some uh, some socials: Deadhouse Pod, Instagram, Facebook. Yes, sir. Everywhere you can find it. Catch us next week for another episode. For every every Friday, five p.m. Tune in on your favorite. Uh Streaming platform. Until then, we'll be right back.